Crackling logs, the odor of sweet pear wood, gave the Virginians for sustainable wildlife meeting a cozy air. Harry hosted this month's gathering, which had started at 6.30 in the evening. The members took turns hosting, which brought them closer together. A few of the people had known one another for years, but others were new to Crozet, to central Virginia. Being invited into someone's home provided an opportunity to learn more about them, a sense of their taste, perhaps even their priorities. Anyone coming into Harry's living room might share a seat with Mrs. Murphy or Pewter, both loath to move. Tucker had the sense to sprawl on the floor. Jessica Ligon, doctor of veterinary medicine, young, well-liked, finished up her report. So we're still seeing fleas and ticks. Granted, raccoons, possums, other quadrupeds deal with it. Fleas can give animals tapeworms. So when deer season starts and your house dog chews on a carcass left behind by an irresponsible hunter, then your dog gets an infestation. Just keep a lookout for them. But tapeworm is easy to purge, fortunately. Do the mammals have Lyme disease? I'm sure some do. Why can't we break the cycle in the wildlife? Mary Jo Cranston, an investment broker and the treasurer of the group, asked. The horrendous expense, for one thing. Plus, Mary Jo, you can't be sure the animals you want to purge of parasites are the ones ingesting the meds. An animal can carry the tick as well as be bitten by it. As for Lyme, we'd have to trap them, get blood. If infected, it's an antibiotic protocol. Just can't do it with wild animals, as it takes so many consecutive days of pills. We'd need to keep them in cages until the antibiotic cycle is complete. Also, Lyme fatigues them. It's just close to impossible. Mary Jo, newer to the group, nodded. It does sound complicated. Susan Tucker, president of the group and Harry's childhood friend, checked her notes. Jessica, thanks. We're always fascinated with new developments in veterinary medicine for all animals. The research being done now is amazing, especially with stem cells. That's a whole other topic for another meeting, but it is in the future. I read somewhere that veterinarians are better at managing chronic pain than doctors. You all are taught more about it. Boom Boom Craycroft, another childhood friend of Harry and Susan's, responded. We've made tremendous advances. Jessica reached for her drink. Liz, you have your foul report. Actually, why don't I amend that to winged report? Susan grinned. Good. Liz Potter, a middle-aged African-American woman, passionate about the environment, checked the Apple tablet on her lap. To date, a 3% increase in woodcock population in central Virginia. Also, grouse are increasing, especially in the Rockfish Valley. We're getting ready for the raptors' migration, so they'll be in the thermal spirals along the Blue Ridge, especially in our area. That will allow us to count as many as we can and to monitor health. The migration is 10 days later than usual this year, and we think it is due to the unusual warmth. No frost yet, as you know. 
They are also late in New England. Isn't it wonderful to see those hawks just lazing in circles? Boom Boom had been watching this fall phenomenon since she was a child, a phenomenon that drew birders from as far away as Japan. How are we doing with the bald eagles, Harry said. I see them here, usually flying along the creek. Big comeback, Liz nodded. Is it true that if you find a dead eagle, osprey, or red-shouldered hawk, you can't take feathers? Boom Boom asked. Sure is, Liz replied. Well, Liz, Boom Boom prodded, what difference does it make if the bird is dead? You haven't harmed it and the feathers are beautiful. State law, Liz leaned forward. The Apaches have gotten a pass from the government to wear eagle feathers.